1: Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors.
0: A's Farm Podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and today we're going to be joined by the manager of the Las Vegas Aviators, Fran Reardon, whose team has been busy fighting to win its division in the PCL. We'll talk with him a bit about that, but we also wanted to be sure and talk with him about some of the top prospects on his team now that his first year in Las Vegas is starting to come to a close. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Fran. My pleasure, Bill. How you doing? Good. Well, uh, I know your team has got one of the best records in the PCL this year, but it seems like you've been battling with the Padres affiliate uh, there in El Paso for the division lead pretty much ever since the, the start of the season.
2: Yeah, it's it's a really interesting race in, in our division. It's, it's been pretty pretty much back and forth with us in El Paso the entire year. And if you look on paper and you see the, the numbers, the offensive numbers, the defensive numbers and the pitching numbers, it's it's almost uncanny how similar our numbers are to the El Paso ball clubs so you have two very evenly matched teams and we played a 16 game season series with them we we split that eight and eight um, there are a lot of lopsided games there there are some good games in there but it's just two teams that are, are really battling and, and hopefully you know it comes down to the end and, and we're able to prevail
0: well the two of you have definitely played a few uh, high scoring games that's for sure a lot of home runs <laughs> well, uh, well, your team there really has had the best—the best hitting. It's been the best hitting team in the PCL this this year by all objective standards, and you've obviously got a lot of really talented hitters on the team. I'm curious to know how much of the big offensive numbers do you think are affected by playing in that environment there in Las Vegas?
2: Well, uh, you know, I, I'd say a little bit. Uh, but, you know, there's thin air here. Uh, it's a fast infield, and the, the ball seems to jump a little bit here. But you could say the same thing about six or seven other stadiums in the PCL as well. Uh, I think it's more of a, a tribute to our, our hitters and the, the caliber of talent we have offensively and the, the balance we have throughout the order and the fact that we're getting a lot of really great at-bats throughout, no matter who's in there. So it's you know a little bit environmental, but mostly we just have a lot of really good hitters.
0: Well, let's talk about some of those really good hitters you got there. And I wanted to start off by asking you about an an interesting guy. And that's uh, second baseman Corbin Joseph, who was just recently called up by the A's. And, you know, the the team took him in the minor league portion of the Rule 5 draft. Pretty much any organization could have grabbed him. But the A's did. And, you know, he spent most of the year there in Las Vegas, uh, much of the year anyway, with the best batting average in the league. And uh, you know he's a thirty year old minor league veteran. I'm curious to know what you saw out of him playing there every day, what you think he's he's learned over the course of his career, and what you think he's capable of doing to to help the major league uh, club at this at this stage of the game.
2: Yeah, well, I'll start I'll start with what I saw every day from from Corbin just the way he plays the game. Uh, he, he's a, a veteran player, a veteran minor league guy with a little taste of the big leagues with the Yankees and the Orioles. Uh, the way he plays the game tells you how much passion he has for it. And he's going to give you everything he has on, on every any given night, regardless of how he's feeling physically. And that that's the first part of Corbin. The, the second part of Corbin, which speaks to his offensive ability, is just elite bat-to-ball skills. Um, and, and I had the pleasure to watch it for, you know, close to four months and watching what he was able to do against right handed pitching, against left handed pitching, against velocity, against off speed, against guys that were manipulating the baseball and, and guys that were trying to attack his weaknesses. And it was just a special thing to watch every day. You're talking about a guy who hit 500 in the month of June. Uh, <laughs> and we're not talking about 10 at bats here. We're talking about a guy that played 25, 26 games in the month of June. So to do that at such a high level and with that sort of consistency, just it was a special thing. And for him not to be a 40-man roster guy, for him to really push his name onto the scenery at the major league level, and to really force their hand to hey say this this guy's hitting close to 400 and it's and it's August 10th, maybe we should give him a shot. Um, I'm just really proud of the way he handled everything and how hard he worked every day and the way he played the game every day. And that's just success that he had um
0: and that success being rewarded at the major league level i'm sure you were glad to to have the opportunity to sit down with him and have the conversation letting him know he was going to the big leagues right yeah that was a a special case we were in omaha and
2: it was a a day game and me and me and corbin always joke around because we, we have such a gifted offensive team that when we have a full complement of bench players, the running joke is you got to get three hits, or else there's a good chance you're not going to be in there the next day. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it especially held true with Foreman, and he he kind of joked around with me every day about stuff like that. And you know, I, I had to pull him out of the game because uh you know, he had to go up the next day. And I I told him it was, it was a day where he was over two with a walk. And it was the the fifth inning. I, I pulled him aside after he came off the field. I said, "Corbin, I got I got to take you out." And he goes, "Why?" I said, "Hey, 0 for two with a walk isn't cutting it today, bud."
0: <laughs>
2: so he just kind of looked at me uh, a little bit surprised, and then I just told him, "I said, hey, you're going to be playing second base in San Francisco tomorrow, so you got to get out of here." And uh, he wasn't expecting it. He was he was kind of stunned and. It's just a, one of those moments that you really appreciate as a AAA manager.
0: No, I'm sure without a doubt. Well, another uh, uh, interesting infielder to discuss is uh, Franklin Barreto. Now, you know, you had him there earlier this year um, when he got off to a slow start uh, this season. But then in June, he just went on an incredible tear. He was probably hitting as well as anyone in the in the league at that point when the A's called him up. Uh, so I'm curious to know, What was he doing right? What was working for him when he was on that pair there in Las Vegas in June? And, you know, I know he struggled a bit in some of his opportunities in major leagues. What do you think accounts for that? And what hurdles do you think he needs to get over to be that successful major league player that everyone would love to see him become?
2: Well, I'll start with the the first part of that question. What I saw saw in June compared to what we, we saw a little bit earlier in the season where he didn't get off to the start that he wanted. Uh, was, was just more patience, better pitch selection, um, more more aggression to the, to the pitches that he should be driving, and not missing those pitches when he got them. And uh, what he was able to do in the month of June really kind of put him in a situation where the Major League Club wanted to bring him up again and give him another opportunity. Um, it the second part of your question, what what is going to make him be a consistent major league player? I, I think the first thing is opportunity, and it's it's not an easy thing. You go up there and you you play once in a while, and your team is in a, a pennant race, and you're trying to win every game, and you really can't afford to, ha- to have bad games when you're just coming up and you're trying to make an impression. And um, Not that Franklin was doing terrible, but it was just a situation where they wanted to get other guys at bats, and they wanted to – kind of play hot hands and it led to Franklin just not getting consistent at bats. Uh, I, I think for Franklin's career, that's going to be very important for him, but he just has to find a situation and, and the A's have to find a situation for him eventually where they can just take the reins off and say, Hey, we're going to give you this many games, this many at bats, go to work, see how it goes. Uh, because the talent the is undeniable. He's a, he's an electric player. He has, he has speed. He has power. He's a good defender. Um, he can do everything you want to see a, a major league baseball player do, and I think once he does get that that confidence and that that consistency as far as games and at bats, I think we'll see the real Franklin Brado in the big leagues.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully he'll get the uh, the opportunity that uh, that he's earned to uh, to show what he can do. You know, and a guy there with your team this year who really has been so consistent is Sheldon Noisy, and it's interesting because last year, you know, he struggled uh, a lot in Nashville, and this year he's just been hitting so well, so consistently, and it it actually seems like he's just getting better as the year goes on, so what kind of progress have you seen out of Sheldon Noisy this year?
2: Well, the the progress kind of happened over two years where you, you say he struggled in AAA last year, and that's 100% the case for the first half of the season. But the second half of the season, he made some adjustments, and he he made some adjust, adjustments against the league, which is the most important part of becoming a hitter, a good hitter in the Pacific Coast League. And he was able to really turn his season around and end up hitting 275, 280 uh, after a really, really slow first half. He cut down on his strikeouts in the second half, and he he turned his year into a respectable year. Now, coming into spring training, having that year under his belt and having already made a lot of adjustments, not only with himself but against the league, he had a lot more confidence going into this year. He, he knew what to expect. He knew how people were going to attack him, and he got better. He got better as a hitter. He got better as a player, which is what all these guys are trying to do. They're working as hard as they can in the offseason. They're working as hard as they can during the regular season and spring training to get better. And Sheldon is a great example of that. You know just just trying to maximize his ability, trying to work as hard as he can to to become the best player he can be and you see the results you see the results in the the batting average, the power numbers, the walk numbers are up um, his ability to hit different pitches and more importantly his ability to lay off different pitches last year he was a you know he chased high fastballs he chased sliders in the dirt and you don't see that very often this year. He's he's much more disciplined, and he has a much clearer idea of what pitchers are trying to do to him. And now if you make a mistake in an area he's looking for, he's going to make you pay for it. He's been doing that all year. And you know, defensively, he's he's done a great job everywhere we put him. Most of his games are at third, but if we've moved him to shortstop, second base, left field, and and he's done a really great job everywhere we put him. So he, he's turned himself into a really, really good baseball player at, at this level, and I think he's got a really bright future in the big leagues.
0: Well, another guy who uh, is kind of in a similar boat as Noisy is uh, Jorge Mateo. Again, he he struggled a bit last year at Nashville, but you know he came right out right out of the box, hitting up a storm this year in Las Vegas and has had a really productive uh, season there. Can you talk a little bit about the the progress and the development you've seen out of Jorge Mateo over over this season?
2: Yeah, a very similar story to Sheldon. Uh, struggled in his first look at AAA. And, you know, wasn't as quick to make adjustments as Sheldon was in the second half of last year. But the the athleticism, the the electricity, the the just everything that he plays with, the tools that he has were always on display. They just haven't come out as much last year as they have have come out this year. And what what he did in the beginning of the season, I mean, two, two and a half months of the season, he just was lighting up the PCL. Um, he's slowed down a little bit since the all-star break and, and he's had some, some injury issues, but, you know, he's he's putting in the work and he's doing everything he can to hopefully get an opportunity to go up and help the major league club this year. And I think he's, he's done a lot of great things this season to, to deserve that opportunity and uh, we'll see if it comes for him.
0: Yeah, it it's certainly be fun to see him in, uh, in Oakland come September. That's for sure. Another guy there that is obviously a very highly touted prospect, is catcher Sean Murphy. Of course, we would have liked to have seen him in action more this year. He's had injury issues. We haven't seen him on the field as much as we'd like. He's recently uh, started playing back in the Arizona League again, so it looks like he's on his way back from, from the knee injury again. But when he was there with you in this most recent stint, I think he hit like six home runs over four games or something. So obviously the bat was working well, and he was hitting the ball with some authority. Can you tell me what you've seen out of Sean Murphy just in terms of his approach at the at the plate this year,
2: yeah, I, I mean I haven't seen him in 400 at bats like I've seen some of these other guys, but in in a short look, and and I've been with with Sean for parts of three years now, so I uh, pretty knowledgeable about what he can do offensively, but just the, the the power has been surprising. Not not surprising that he has it because he is one of the strongest kids in, in the entire organization. He is just a Absolute horse. But the, the fact that he was translating in games and so consistently, especially when he was coming back from injury, uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. And he really carried us in that El Paso series on the road where, you know, we had a big series against them and we, we swept them at their place. It was just a, a really, really great job that series. And uh, hopefully he can come back again this year and, and give us a little offensive boost down the down the stretch because not only is he a great catcher, he's a great hitter, he's a great teammate, um, he's a great worker, and he's got a really great future as well.
0: Yeah, it'd certainly be great to see him back in action again before the season is through. All right, let me just ask you briefly about a couple of pitchers before we let you go. You've got some guys there that are making their way back from injuries right now. Jarrell Cotton is one of them. He's been pitching out of the bullpen, coming back from the Tommy John surgery. You know, he's had some ups and downs. He's given up some runs. It's not always easy uh, getting back in the groove after going through that surgery. But where do you feel Jarrell Cotton's at right now? And what uh, hurdles do you feel he needs to overcome to get back to being the pitcher he, he ought to be?
2: Well, uh, J- Jarrell's g- getting better. Uh, I mean, he's getting better physically every day. He's He's getting better on the mound every day and that's what that's what a, a injury progression is a rehab progression is and he's off rehab right now but you know you're coming back from a major surgery and you're you're pitching at a, at a very high level and you, you don't really feel in sync yet your body's not all the way back your rhythm's not all the way back and when that's the case uh, i think your fastball command struggles and i think that's the case where he's gone out and given up some runs he hasn't located the fastball like he needs to. And then whether he falls behind and counts or just leaves balls over the middle of the plate, it just you know gives, gives the hitters a little bit of a leg up. But he's, he's thrown the ball better. He's locating his fastball better his last two outings. And uh, I think he's on a nice, nice progression.
0: Well, Of course, the other guy you've got there thrown out of the bullpen who's uh, making his way back from Tommy John surgery as well is A.J. Puck. And uh, obviously, he can look dominant at times with, with the strikeouts. I know he's given up a few home, home runs there as well. Where do you feel he's at, and uh, what does he still possibly need to iron out to to be the kind of effective pitcher that he needs to be to help the A's the remainder of the season?
2: Well, I mean, he's he's close. Physically, to me, it looks like he's 100% back. You know, he's got a, his fastball 98, 99 miles an hour last night. Uh, he's, he's locating it. Uh, the, the slider's been good. And, you know, he's starting to throw a couple more curveballs, balls. And I, I think the change is going to come next, but you're looking at a guy who is really close to being able, able to help our major league ball club. And just uh, the stuff that he has is, is as electric as it gets. And to watch him pitch is really kind of a, <laughs> a really fun thing. <laughs>
0: that's, that's for sure. Uh, let me, uh, before I let you go, I just want to ask about one last guy on your roster and that's pitcher, Paul Blackburn, because you know, he had some injury issues as well, and it seems like he's really been starting to get into a groove here late in the season. He's had some really good outings, and it looks like he's starting to feel comfortable and starting to return to, to becoming that pitcher that that he used to be when he, uh, when he had some time in the major leagues with the A's. Where do you feel Paul Blackburn's at right now, and, uh, you know, what do you foresee for his future?
2: Well, I think the future is bright, bright for Paulie. Uh I, I know here in the PCL, no one's throwing the ball better than him the last month and a half. He's, he's been dominant in his starts. Um, you talk about locating the fastball. He he has made a lot of people look bad the last month and a half by locating his fastball and then working everything off that up, down and out, changing eye levels, changing speeds. And uh, his velocity is actually creeping up a little bit too. Last night, the, uh, He gave us four and a third innings, and that was the best velocity that he showed all year, actually coming out of the bullpen behind uh, Jesus Lizardo. So he's on a really, really good good path right now, and and no one's rooting for for Paul more than I am to get another opportunity with the A's because I, I think he's earned it, and the way he's throwing the ball right now, I think he could really help the club
0: yeah he certainly looked uh, really really dominant lately. It's good to see him returning to form as we all know it can never hurt to have have too many good arms in your in your system. Well thanks so much for taking the time out to talk with us today, Fran. We really appreciate it and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again. okay,
2: sounds good though. thank you.
0: And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find daily updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm.
1: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest